the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Friday, and we are going to do the uh, last half hour will be movies. But what I wanted to do is I canceled the guest. I said, Misty, no guests today. We've got to clean this board up. There's so many stories that I do not get to um, throughout the week because it's just too short. I need another hour, damn it. And uh, until we get one, we're going to have to do it this way. So it's just me and you for two hours, and we're going to go through some of the stories I didn't get to get to during the week. However, there was news this uh, today, and that was that uh, Chauvin was sentenced to 22 and a half years. Now, I was filling in when that story broke. Um, I was filling in, and I obviously watched the video that everybody watched, and I didn't agree with the fact that when somebody says, I can't breathe, get off me. And I, you know, I took a lot of heat for that. And I, however, I also recognized that why the officer was there. The officer was there because he was called there because the assailant at the time had committed a crime and things happen in the arrest. And it's a tragedy. The guy died. And I had done numerous shows on this since it happened. And through the trial, we we did numerous shows on this. I felt then, as I do now, that it should have been involuntary manslaughter and he should have gotten some jail time. So when the sentence came down today. And the sentence came down at 22 and a half years. I was reminded of a story that I had talked about last month that I found horrific. And that was a Chicago police officer's son who was shot and murdered on the road in 2016. And to watch the Chicago, I believe he's a sergeant, and his son was murdered for doing nothing other than being home and sitting in front of his house. And the scum that murdered him was sentenced, and I wanted you to hear this. A teenager now charged with the murder of a Chicago police sergeant's son. Arshel Dennis died last August. Today, police say they found his killer. More from Eyewitness News reporter Leah Hope. Chicago officers offer an update on a murder case. This one is personal. Every police officer will tell you that their greatest fear beyond what could occur to them while doing their job is when violence that they work so hard to prevent hits home. Among the officers, Sergeant Arshel Dennis Jr., the father of the victim in this case. Arshel Dennis III was a college student studying journalism in New York. He was home visiting his parents last August in the Wrightwood neighborhood. He was with two friends on his front porch when he was shot in the 2900 block of West 82nd. One of his friends was also shot but survived. Every officer in this department took his murder personally. And we vowed not to stop until we found his killer. 18-year-old Anthony Moore has now been charged with the murder. He allegedly bragged about the shooting. And the investigation continues to find others involved. These offenders chose to basically saw three male blacks in their teens or late, uh, early 20s sitting on a porch. And they decided that these were, this was the opposing gang, and they decided to shoot these individuals. Really Sergeant good. Dennis made only one comment publicly today. He was surrounded by colleagues as he left the press conference. At the time of the shooting, Moore was a juvenile, but now 18. He is expected to be charged as an adult. He's due in bond court tomorrow. He got 12 and a half years for killing the picture of innocence. The picture of innocence. 
a good kid, the son of a Chicago police sergeant, murdered for no other reason than one scumbag driving by with friends in the car, also scumbags, who decided to assassinate the kid. And he gets 12 and a half years. Yet, Chauvin, who is a policeman, called to the scene of a crime of a well-known criminal, well-known, from wife-beating, stabbing, passing bad money. I heard the porno wasn't good, but I don't think that's a crime. However, a scumbag nonetheless gets 22 and a half years. And now we're going to hear about systemic racism. And I'm going to tell you, I agree. I never agreed until then. I never agreed of systemic racism. But when you can put the value of of an innocent life with his entire future ahead of him, a bright future, and you put that at 12 and a half years, yet you put the the value of this known scumbag's life at 22.5 years, they're right. There is racism. And that racism is against white police officers who kill suspects, accidentally or intentionally. So to me, that's an outrage and it's despicable. And that will go on as by some, and you mark my words on these Marxist propaganda Sunday shows. This will go down as light by the radical communist Marxists pretending to be Democrats, hiding behind a movement of of systemic racism that they create, they exaggerate, and they exemplify. Because if you want to go through the list one by one, I'm sure there's more like this. I'm sure there's more like this. But I found that to be despicable and disgusting. So I wanted to cover that. And as we're on the topic of despicable and disgusting, I have said numerous times the, the wordsmiths that Marxists are, are why we are referring to communists and Marxists and socialists as Democrats. They're wordsmiths. They call themselves liberal. Yet every policy they have is rooted in force, in control, in extortion, through taxation. Every single policy. And we all know for 70 years, every policy they have leads to bankruptcy. Every single one. Now, how did it get this this bad? Because they have been the, the masters of the words that we are now adopting on the other side, fighting for Americanism and American principles. And they, hide, they create, to a certain extent, an area of political correctness. And political correctness is the scepter of all tyrants, because they wield it as such. They get to deem what political correctness is, and now you must argue in the parameters and the rules that they have created for the argument. The favorite weapon that will be moving forward and has been bantied about for the last 50 years is the, the eco-Nazism they practice. In the name of a false god, in the name of taxation and extortion, they have somehow managed to create this idea that what we exhale is a pollutant. Now, when that first happened in 2007, I couldn't believe it. When it was talked about in 1999, and as it worked its way up through the court system, winning its first victory in 2003, I said we should really focus on the fact of what their goal is. Their goal is to control people and businesses and entities for life itself. That is the goal of the tyrant. So, Ironically, I have some Al Gore that we haven't played. I have all these clips. I have John Coleman to show you that the barometer and the tools and the so-called science they're using is a con job. They are making it up. They are tweaking the, the, the scales in which they're even measuring the CO2 to benefit the abuse of the heavy hand of government. But before I could get to that, our own GOP right now, sitting congressman, have decided to join the eco-Nazis. So now, the eco-Nazis have Republicans in the mix as well. Utah 3rd District Congressman John Curtis made headlines announcing a new caucus of Republicans supporting policies related to climate change. Fox 13 News is going in depth today on the announcement and initial clues to the difference in a conservative approach to climate. Max Roth joins us in studio. Max. Yeah, Bob, thank you. You know, Curtis said it has taken him four years to feel comfortable with his grasp of this topic. And Well, then he's a moron. If it took him four and a half years to feel comfortable on the topic, you're a moron. So let's start with that square one. Now, the other thing is people that are capitalists 
We do not deny that the environment needs to be clean and that factories and and institutions that that manufacture owe a responsibility to the environment. We're all on board with that. We are, however, arguing with the most basic premise of global warming Nazism. And that is that it is not your fault for what is happening in weather, which has happened for billions of years. For billions of years. We are also saying the science you're using is the equivalent of looking through a keyhole a hundred yards away and describing the Mona Lisa's smile. That's how ignorant we are into the grand spectrum of the data. You've only been collecting the data for a hundred years. Yet we have these scoundrels and carnival barkers that have been doing chicken little, the sky is falling, personally profiting to the tune of billions of dollars. And this is bigger than Al Gore and his very, very feminine ex-wife, Tipper. This is about a real scam that is used as an excuse to control everything, mainly growth of the population and the economy policies involved with it but now he has nearly a fourth of republicans in the house on board i'm proud to launch with my republican colleagues the conservative climate caucus john curtis led the effort to create the republican only group the caucus is a place for republicans to advance serious climate solutions you know what he means he means they want in on that wind and solar scam that the democrats have been raking in billions for 30 years they want in on it That's what this caucus is, the GOP climate caucus. So rather than reject it and identify it for what it is, a weapon of tyranny to be used against every living human American on the planet and business that they do not rubber stamp. What they are telling you is we want in on the extortion, too. But do not ask them to leave their conservative values at the door. And Curtis has his work cut out. Conservative values. You know, this is why I am offended almost as much. By being called a conservative as I am being called a Republican. What the hell does that mean, conservative values? What are your conservative values? As 90% of them get caught foot-tapping each other in the men's room. What is a conservative value? Because I can't put my my finger on it. All I know is that when Joe Biden says we're going to get back to normal, he was more right than he's ever been, aside from he said, my diaper's wet. This is the most right he's ever been, because this is what normal looks like. Republicans and Democrats agreeing to hide behind infrastructure bills that they say will be 1.2 and you find out later in the evening it's $6 trillion in spending. Now they're going to get in on the eco-Nazism and yield under all who will not bend knee to it. Do you see the scam or are you willing to get in on it with them? Because maybe you are. I have a friend of mine I grew up with. Him and his old man were shysters from day one. They were selling real estate that didn't belong to them. Now they live out in the northwestern area of America. Now they're selling windmills at $4 million a pop. And they can't keep them in stock. Now they got the government behind them and all the nonsense. And nobody cares about the reality of what the windmill is and that it doesn't ever break even. It outlives its life expectancy to even get even on the $4 million boondoggle. Or the solar scams, where the people who tie it to your house put you into a, a mini mortgage for 30 years. So now the Republicans rubber stamp it, too. Congratulations, we're back to normal. Can you feel it? 312-642-5600. Big <laughs> fat. Thinking about opening up an Eastern European dance club on the west side of Chicago. He's just testing out the music. 312-642-5600. If you're on the line, stay on the line. See, it used to be that Republicans raised money by the traditional fossil fuel and oil companies that wanted to fight what they knew and what they recognized as an obvious scam. So they took the opposing position and they they had the lobbyists come into their office and they dropped off the sacks of money and the strippers and the Cadillacs and all the other nonsense we pretend is normal in government. See, but what's happened over the course of the years is that the oil company said, wait a minute, we're obviously going to lose this because there is this section of this government that likes to front run potential profits. They're called Democrats. So they're going to mandate a chunk of this spending nonsense that the people just somehow let keep happening. And they're going to build up this phony business. So the oil companies diversified. Rather than giving money to lobbyists and lawyers to pay off Republicans, they decided to get in the scam green energy business, too. So now they're in on it. So their their lobbying efforts and dollars have dried up because they just want some of that free pie, too. 
And now you, the people, most people who can't afford Teslas and can't afford electric vehicles or scam windmills at $3 million a pop, they're going to take the 340 million of us and just chop it all up among us so we feel it's palatable. Kind of like all the rest of the ways we're taxed. And Al Gore described this way back in 2006. Now, now the scam he described, the Republicans, they feel the exact same way. Government that sets the rules within which business competes. And the rules that are currently in, in, in play now send the wrong signals. We are asking these uh, business leaders, no matter how committed and socially responsible they are, to take on some competitors who are willing to, to cut corners. And one of the, the simplest, most powerful public policy mechanisms for giving business the right incentives is to get the tax system right. Well, I think that we ought to stop taxing payrolls and start taxing pollution instead and put a heavy tax on CO2 in order to send the right signal. So that was in 2006. Al Gore was running, he was not in politics, he was thinking about coming back in, so that's why he said we should stop taxing incomes and tax CO2 and tax any behavior we don't like. See, that's the reality of how it's going to work. Now, I had to go back to 206 because back then we were only going to make it to 2012. Then the world was going to end. We were going to sink into the ocean. Seas are rising. Icebergs are drowning. It's all chaos. In the meantime, what happened? Absolutely nothing. In the same way they've been wrong for 70 years of predictions, from many ice ages to heat waves to all the other nonsense. But they know the idea. Just sell the fear and then fake the solution through spending that nobody gets a voice in. And that's the system that works. And we are going to be victimized by it regardless of the science. By the way, if you're on the line, I will get to you. I have one line open, 312-642-5600. But I want you to hear why I have always been convinced, not just because I lived through the experiences. I remember when in the 70s we were going to have the Ice Age, then it was global warming. I remember all of the predictions and how wrong they've been, and I've been watching the money. But aside from that, I have been monitoring the real science. Now, the the greatest example of this is John Coleman. John Coleman is not only a Chicago legend, he is a legitimate scientist. He's more than a meteorologist. He is the founder of the Weather Channel. And John Coleman had taken the time before his death to go through in crucial, painstaking logic, brilliance, and real science to explain why this is a hoax. Are you real concerned about uh, this global warming? I'm only concerned about the incredible frenzy and hype for something that's a total myth. That concerns me a lot because uh, people are going hysterical about it. It's amazing to me how uh, upset so many people are and how many billions of dollars apparently our governments are going to spend of our tax dollars to combat something that isn't real. That has my attention, believe me. Uh, As a scientist, I know that global warming doesn't really exist at all in any sense of significance and that we have nothing to worry about. Now, are you saying that there hasn't even been any warming? uh, Well, there's absolutely natural climate fluctuations. Uh, We have uh, little ice ages. We have warm-ups. Historically, the Earth has vacillated through all of these. Solar cycles change dramatically. Ocean currents change. And all of that has a significant impact on climate. And uh, the building of cities, the flying of airplanes, the existence of all these billions of people on Earth have all influenced the climate of Earth. But none of it is of significance. Uh, And thank goodness... Things are doing just fine. Now, this is through actual scientific research and true data. As limited as it is, billions of years old, as limited as it is, this is through logic and examination of real data. And this is a scientist. This isn't just somebody. This is a guy who created the Weather Channel, not just a meteorologist, but a scientist. And if he does not have the credentials to be heard, You understand you are going to live through yet another mobocracy bum rush where no opinion will be accepted that is not that of the government, of the state, of the tyrants. 
like everything else we've lived through, whether it's COVID, whether it's the debt, no matter what it is, if you do not agree with the state, you can't even have your opinion. You're not even entitled to it, nor are you entitled to to be even thought of as an American citizen. In fact, you're just going to have your money stripped away from you in the name of this false science. I promise I'll get to the calls when I get back. 312-642-5600. Thank you. All right, so I get I get the text message because, you know, I've got the one friend, right? I told you about this guy. He looks like Chaz Bono. He knows everything about everything. He really does. He's the research genius, always was. One of the first guys from the neighborhood to make money at the Merck. And he did it through, really, data and, and, and charting. And he always sends me the statistics of the CO2, right? The U.S. produces 11%. Well, China produces 7 They don't care. No kidding. CO2 is still the building block of life itself. It's not bad. Not bad. I disagree with the very first premise of their argument. I will not adopt their their argument, their weapon of tyranny, and then play their game. They're wrong. It is not bad for the earth, and I don't care how many morons they pay to say it, because they're paying them to say it. That's just the fact. And it's 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 a tragedy that we have we have to feel bad. Don't you feel oh my god, what's he saying? Did he is he a denier? Oh is he saying there's no global warming? I'm saying there's no man-made. You ain't going to do nothing to it. You're a victim of this son of a gun. You're lucky you're strapped onto this planet. You're not going to do anything. Nothing. Nothing you do is going to affect it. Should you litter? No. I'll slap you in the ear if, I, if I'm behind you in traffic. Don't litter. Keep things nice. Be respectful. Don't dirty the water. Do what you can to filter it. I don't drink that stuff. I hope you don't either. It's preposterous to me that we have to adopt their false arguments that are clearly constructed to give you those Hobson choices. What do you want to do? You want to lose your arm or your leg? I don't know. Well, you got to lose one. What do you want to do? How about I punch you in the forehead? I lose nothing. That's my argument to them. It's preposterous that I have to play this game of stupidity with them. Jim on I-88. Or I-80, excuse me. Hey, Sean. Uh, Best two hours in radio. Thank you very much. I've been telling you. Listen, I... I know. Hey, listen, uh, I want to get a T-shirt. I'm going to say climate change, and I want to use your slogan. Sell the fear, fake the solution. I love it. All right. Well, I hope I hope Macbeth copywrote it. You know, Macbeth's normally on top of that. But go ahead, Jim. I give you absolute permission. I'd like, a, I'd like a royalty. I am a capitalist. Thank you, Jim. On I-80, I didn't even know I said that, but I appreciate it. Teresa, Northside. Hi, Sean. Hi, that's my favorite. Anyone with one brain cell understands Earth is a planet. Planets go through changes. Venus, Jupiter, Mars, Pluto, they're all changing all the time. The sun changes all the time. It goes through its eruptions. It's called evolution. That's what happens. And the arrogance, the arrogance of people, the unmitigated arrogance. Oh, you've got the idea. You've been riding on this planet. What's Al Gore good for, aside from cleaning up a buffet after its closing time? The fat son of a gun that he is. You don't know anything. And if you were concerned about the climate, how about you go to salads, fatso, aside from the planes and all the nonsense? You know nothing. You're a self-enriching, self-aggrandizing salesman. Like all of the rest of the eco-alarmists, they're selling you BS, and they've got the solution. They are the modern-day snake oil salesmen. That's all they are. And why does it always end in money? It's all money, 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 money. What's the money got to do with it? And how are we going to control it? We're going to tax you. Why? What do you mean you're going to tax me? I'm making something that the people love. Why are you going to tax me? Well, because you're obviously good at it. And you're not paying enough in income tax. He says as much to control what your behavior through taxation. That is anti-American. But you know what else is, Teresa? Signing people up to debt, creating, creating money out of thin air, then charging the entire America to pay interest. But to who? Nobody bought the bonds, but they did in the future. Who's making the interest money? And you got 370 or 340 million Americans and nobody gives a rip because the ones who are making the money are the ones cutting the laws. It's a disgrace to me. Thank you so much, Teresa. I appreciate it. I'm sorry. I'm going to I'm going to implement the common sense of why, why, why. And if I don't like your answer, you're a scam artist. And by the way, if you own stock in the companies that you're forcing the government to buy products from, 
You're a front-running piece of garbage. That's just how it is. You're not a capitalist. You don't care about America. You care about grease in your own pockets. And it's really that obvious. And everybody knows it. So you're not in a panic over uh, the icebergs melting and the sea levels rising and... I promise you, 20 years from today, I'll be the one that's laughing. Poor guy died, but okay. The icebergs, the ice caps at the poles are not going to melt. The oceans are not going to flood the coast. People are... And by the way, this was before Barack Obama and the handsome Michelle bought their seaside estate for $48 million. Hmm, they're not concerned either. We're not going to die. We're not going to have global climate change that cuts off the food supply. We're not going to have thousands of species eliminated as they lose their habitat. None of these things is going to happen. Uh, the, the earth is going to, the climate's going to change with cycles of the sun and with ocean currents, and we're all going to do just fine. But Al Gore has a very convincing uh, video out there that seems to show that uh, we're really facing a catastrophe. I'm very well aware of the hype. Uh, the media is full of it every day. Al Gore got the Nobel Peace Prize, an Oscar, and a Grammy. Uh, and a Grammy. millions of dollars. <laughs> uh, Al Gore, I believe, is sincere in his belief, but oh, so misguided as is the entire U.N. IPCC, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. Also subsidized by you. On the scam, making money hand over fist, a bunch of these sexually frustrated nerds have been bought off and paid for. Well, that doesn't that uh, bring us to the point that Mr. Gore makes and many others that science has spoken. There is a universal consensus among scientists. Well, if you look at the history of the IPCC, it was formed by people whose agendas were of Say it, John. Uh, question. They're political whores. They were bought and sold like much of the third wives of, this, of the White House staff. Greg and LaGrange. Hey. Happy Friday. Thank you. I met John Coleman one time is a, in grade school. You know, he's a wonderful man, and, and he took time to talk to us. I always have very fond memories of John Coleman. I always liked him. Uh, and what happened there when he made out, came out and made that statement is he was smeared. His credentials were smeared. He was smeared as nothing but a local weatherman. Well, if you it remember, the Weather him. Channel was taken under some bastardized version of eminent domain. He was given a settlement for $3 million, and they seized the entire station after he created it. By they, I mean the government. Yeah, exactly. And what you have to remember in all of this is this is going to be the next lockdown. They've established that the American people will buckle. When the, when the chips are thrown down, the American people will buckle. And now they found another uh, wedge incident or wedge event to make people buckle. Absolutely. This is going to be another control mechanism for them. Greg, you're absolutely right, and that's what the future is, because they're not only degrowthers. What they want to do is control every aspect of our real growth, from the population of how and where we live in this country. This country 6% developed. 6%! They talk of infrastructure. Do they talk about developing that untapped land, or do they really are more interested in keeping it for themselves, as the government ha- owns it all? It's just despicable to me. Thank you, Greg. I appreciate it. But i got to hear a little bit more of John because he makes me feel like a kid, like my mom's going to come home and make dinner. Uh, And uh, they really wanted to uh, get back at the industrialized nations and get them to pay penance to the third world nations for their pollution of the atmosphere through their industrial activities. It was the little guys picking on the big guys kind of concept, which is very common in the U.N. Uh, and it was from people who had w- a world government in mind. Huh. Uh, that history is pretty well documented by an engineer named Alan Cheatham. He has really dug into it. And uh, there's, that panel was... So you create this bureau within the U.N. on climate change. Well, its mission and its existence then is to prove that there's climate change. So it starts hiring scientists and giving them research money to go out and prove that its mission is valid to prove its point and all of this and then holds you remember that marx carl marx that scumbag that he was a reporter do you remember his saying that capitalists will sell you the rope that we hang them with this is what you've done you've paid for this science that's now being used as a as a weapon against you you've paid for the noose 
Only this time it's going to be the noose of, car, of, of global warming, and that's the tree you're going to hang from. 312-642-5600. I'll be back. All right, see, this is why I so enjoy Fridays, because I want to get through this. This is crucially important. This is the weapon. Climate change, global warming. And Kent has a very good observation. Kent and Aurora. Hey, hey, John Chuck. Very good. Um, two of my heroes are Richard Feynman and Michael Crichton. Uh, neither of them are conservatives, but both of them are true scientists. And after reading them for years and years and years and just being a lay lover of science, when I hear the phrase, the science is settled, I know I'm being lied to. Because that's the no exact question. opposite of what the definition of science is. Science is never settled. No, absolutely. No scientist sits there and goes, oh, yeah, that's all settled science. And they don't do it. Kent, you know In what's... their own fields, they know that it's, there's more questions than there are answers. And you know what's yeah, aggravating to me? W-I-N-D. Oh, thank you so much. You know what's aggravating to me is that they're, they're, they're making it as if you don't buy this, then you're a Neanderthal. You're not entitled to question this. You are entitled. There are thousands, thousands of scientists, not people, not Americans, scientists that do not buy this. Meetings and it does publicity and the whole thing just crescendos and bills. Now, was there a consensus of 2,500 scientists at the Bali meeting? Heavens, no. The key paragraphs or chapters of this report and the research documents behind it, which are very impressive, are um, not anything that were widely read by these scientists. They were, uh, many of them were political scientists, as it were, were political scientists who have uh, uh, a political mission. Uh, representatives there from Greenpeace and the Sierra Club and from government ministries, in addition to some, some well-meaning scientists. But it appears that only about 25 scientists out of that 2,500 actually read and reviewed in a scientific manner, a peer review, the key chapter on radiative forcing by carbon dioxide causing climate change. So there was no huge consensus built up at the, at the IPCC. Now, if 25 scientists out of 2,500 read it, how many politicians read it? How many politicians understand it? Yet here we are, the politicians who have the very power to take away your property, your money, your future, your future, and your kids' future with this, can do whatever they want. And uh, there's almost more scientific consensus on the other side, where 19,000 scientists signed a petition against the Kyoto Protocol, where 400-plus scientists spoke out as skeptics on global warming in 2007, where uh, at least four dozen TV meteorologists have spoken out against global warming. How many of you heard that? How many heard that? Because in 2007, that's when they went on the tour to make the prediction that unless something changed, there would be no 2013. Everything was going to end. It's ridiculous. It is truly a joke. And here we are entertaining these hucksters, these shysters, these scoundrels who have profited to the tunes of billions. And now they want trillions. And you should really be concerned because you know who's on their team now? Now it's the Republicans. Half of young Republicans say reducing the effects of climate change should be a priority. Well, they're morons. They're morons. And Joe Biden was right. Things are back to normal. Because now you have bipartisan tyranny. Bipartisan abuse of you, the American citizen. And your right to dissent, but moreover, your property. Because it doesn't matter what you think by the time they get done with you. Just like it doesn't matter what you think about the spending or the debt. doesn't matter. Republic, huh? Pay attention to them when they use the word democracy. All great tyrannies hide under the shield of democracy. We're just going to be added to the list. Rome made it a thousand years. We made it 245. That's not too bad. 312-642-5600. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now... 
put personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America. He's here to seize back our rights from the government with a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other. He's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Misty Callahan and I, she gets me. And I know, I know her, and I know she's playing around with me. She wants me to lose my temper. Otherwise, she wouldn't have handed me the uh, SEIU Local 73 Union Members Go On Strike article. 2,500 Cook County employees go on strike to demand better pay and health care premiums. Welcome to the party, dummies. How do you like it? Here, this makes me feel very disrespected. Because I'm not asking you to give me something I want. I'm asking you to give me and my coworkers something we worked for. I don't want to leave it. I will leave his name out. More than 1,400 of the workers are part of Cook County Health. <laughs> Here you are. The premiums are high because of your demands. You see, that's the evil. That's the, all right. I'll play the audio. But that's the evil of communism. That's the evil of communism. I'll go to the audio, but I promise you I will. But I want to clean up the board a little bit. We got uh, Jim from South Elgin, Frank from Arlington Heights. These are all good calls. Kevin from Austin, Texas. Jim, South Elgin. How you doing, my friend? A little aggravated, but go ahead, Jim. Well, you're on fire today. Anyways, I always tell my liberal friends, if they want to reduce their CO2 output, they can simply quit breathing. Jim, if you want to, also, if you want to reduce my temperature, you will stop calling Marxists and communists. I don't care if you call them friends; that's up to you. But stop calling them liberals. These are communists right. and Marxists. Can you do that for me? They're communists and Marxists, hundred percent. And you. also, if these same Marxists were serious about clean energy, they'd all be for nuclear power. And also, Patrick Moore, who started Greenpeace, has, all, has basically said that these people have co-opted his group as well. Sure, it's all a scam. I, mean, I hope that we can save it before it's too late. But when Republican caucuses are created, I start to lose my optimism. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Frank in Arlington Heights. Hey, good evening, Sean. A bright, shining lie. John Paul Vance, you said that about the Vietnam War. That's what this is. These people, you're absolutely right. They are communists. They are horrible people. Environmental movement. All this global warming. But Frank. Electric cars. It's all a scam. It is all a scam. Every child. Every child learns that CO2 is a building block of life. What we exhale is what trees and plants and everything that is organic needs, needs for us for it to grow. Well, how could this many people be that moronic? Do they not believe the actual science for the fake science? I love Fundamental you. human condition, egocentrism. People fall for it because they think that everything bad is going to happen in their lives, and or they try and scam it. Now listen, Frank, are you still there? Do we hang up on him? Yes, I'm, I'm here. No, I'm here. Now listen, I got two more clips of John Coleman. It's Clean Up Friday. Should I play the two more clips? What do you think? I'm going to leave it up to you. I think you should. I Absolutely. like John Coleman. Thank He's great. Thank you, Frank, in Arlington Heights. I love it. Kevin in Austin, Texas. Hello, kid. How are you? Oh, Sean, I'm fantastic. How are you? Very good, thank you. Is it just me because... Does uh, Fauci sound like he'd be somebody uh, who would be hanging out at the uh, Cochina Paradiso, and he like moved to Elmwood Park from Little Italy years ago? No, I say I call voice. him I call him Auntie Mary because he resembles her. I believe that Anthony Fauci is in the middle of an old man transformation. I've said for decades, long before transformation became, I mean, uh, uh, transgendering became the thing. I think nature kind of transgenders weak charactered people. It's just my observation. You show me FDR's so, wife and tell me that couldn't pass for his brother, and I'll say, okay. But go ahead. Right. Little shot, yeah, Alan. He didn't think he could pull it off, huh? Go ahead. So, so on uh, on Fauci, he's he's trying to he's kind of considered the high priest of scientism, right? And like what he says goes. Not by me, but science. you want to call him the Grand Sparrow? Go no. ahead. I mean, some people some people see him that way. The the uh, communists, uh, as you call them, definitely do. Now, didn't he come out recently? And because he he says that the science is constantly changing as new yeah. information comes out. Yeah, as his you as his portfolio expands. Like, yes, because he's well invested into the vaccine. Go ahead. Right. Well, you should get that sound clip. Every time they talk about how the science is settled, play that. Right. For the green science energy. Settled. I love how you do it. Yeah, for the eco-Nazism. Yeah. Thank you, Kevin. That's why I love when you listen. And you know what? I believe it was Frank. He's right about John Coleman. Uh, this is there's, there's no consensus. And to try to shut off the ba- debate 
is a, a political strategy. One of the great things about science is the debate that takes place. And the debate should never be shut off. It's my understanding that at Valley, uh, in November of 2007, at the conference there, that quite a number of scientists who went there in order to to uh, engage in debate there were not allowed to have uh, any kind of forum there. Uh, there were a hundred scientists who wrote a letter of complaint at the meeting. Uh, that was one group that spoke up. And we have uh, documentation and and statements and uh, papers uh, by any number of scientists who were on the IPCC panel, who were reviewers and had been with it for years, who shared in that Nobel Peace Prize, because the panel shared the prize with Al Gore, who shared in that prize, who say that this panel should be disbanded, should be, uh, that, that it is, it's a sham. Because a lot of the scientists who participated in the panel actually providing scientific input. What? It was ignored. Where the, then later their, their scientific work was basically shoved aside for oh, political... Oh, oh, they asked questions, they made comments, and essentially it was pushed aside, ignored. Giant and, uh, scam. That is not the scientific process, obviously. Every human being who's been lied to, what is the common denominator the liar wants to do? Stop talking, discount your point of view, and move along. Right now, tonight, there's a million guys pretending they're with their friends right now, playing cards, talking about sporting events. In the meantime, they're in some flim-flam uh, strip joint. They all want to move along. Nobody wants to talk about it. It's the same exact thing. Every liar never wants to, 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 to even debate you on it, let alone have you spend time talking about the issue. Now, you were involved in uh, uh, the middle of your career in broadcasting 20, 30 years ago when uh, we were told in, in similar panic terms that we were going to face global uh, cooling and ice age. I was a TV weathercaster in Chicago uh, when uh, the head of the uh, Department of Meteorology at the University of Wisconsin announced the coming of an ice age. And Time magazine came out with a picture of the skyscrapers of Chicago trapped in a huge glacier that was creeping down over the Midwest. And clearly, as a television meteorologist, uh, I was called upon, I was working for ABC at the time, I was called upon to report on this and to investigate it and to interview people and to, uh, and um, so, yeah, I was there. Uh-huh. Yeah, and... Uh, the ice, you're still waiting for the ice cap. Uh, I never, I never believed it was coming. Nor do I believe global warming is coming. And in fact, are you aware, and I'm sure some people seeing this are aware, that uh, officials of both the Canadian and Russian government in the past six weeks have warned of a coming ice age? They're still doing the same trick. I remember it sold a lot of moon boots. In the 70s, they came out with moon boots. They said, this is what the astronauts wore. And this is the only thing you could, you could survive in in the coming ice age. I made my poor mother go out and spend all the money she had saved up to buy me the moon boots that I never needed. I'm still chapped about that. And you should be chapped about it as well, because you're being lied to. And now this time it's in a bipartisan fashion. I started an entire thing uh, yesterday when we talked about the debt. I had a very, very smart guy call me up and tell me, you know, he understands my pessimism. Um, he, by, the, by the way, he now works for a hedge fund. He understands my pessimism, but I, I don't understand the bigger picture. Like, I, 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 you, you know what? They're right. I never understood why we should be underwriting this kind of nonsense in the name of a very strong stock market. I feel the same way about it. And we went back and forth and debated the, the issues. But I said one thing. I asked him one question. This is a guy that very powerful hedge fund guy. Who makes the money from the debt that is purchased by created debt? Every, every month, our debt service in this country right now on the, on, on the debt is $400 billion. $400 billion. One billion is a thousand millions. This is 400 of them. Is being paid in interest. Yet, the vast majority of our debt isn't owned by any entity. It's literally owned by more debt. Who makes the money? There's, being, there's money being paid on it, and they can't answer it. Smartest guys in the room can't answer it. It reminds me of the Enron scam. You remember when Jeff Skilling? We might as well tie the two stories together. His brother's a weatherman. Oh, hey, good Rich. morning. How are you? Finally, good great, Jeff. Yeah, good morning. to see you, Todd. Sit down. We've been working hard on this, and we've really pulled out all the stops. Look what we got. 
origination. We did 20 million last year. I think we can do 120 million dollars. This is Enron. Trading. We did 10 million last year. We think we can do 64 this year. This is the key. We're going to move from mark to market accounting to something I call HFV, hypothetical future value accounting. (laughs) If we do that, we can add a gazillion dollars to the bottom line. Jeff. All right, that sounds fantastic. Oh, Jeff, thank you. That's just superb performance. And you're going to go far, my boy. Probably president of the company one day. You think so? Yeah, and he was the president of the company. How much of this nonsense are you willing to take? Are you willing to sit idly by as our very politicians create these schemes to strip us of our property, our money, our future? in the name of enriching themselves, always for the right thing, always for the right reason, right? So far this year, to me, this is the straw that broke the camel's back. When you used a virus you created, when you used this as an excuse with a survival rate of 90, what is it, 99.5 or 98.5? Whatever it is, I got a 98% chance, bar none, of survival, you use this as an excuse to place me, my family, my kids under house arrest and seize, what, billions, billions of opportunities and businesses from American people? We'll never know. You can never go back and replace the time. And now as I watch WGN, my favorite news show, no question about it, because I like the kind of comedy thing that's going on. It's like Carol Burnett with information. As I watch that, they bring on their communist sympathizer scientist. Dr. Robert Murphy, have you heard the latest about the Delta? Joining us now is Dr. Robert Murphy. He's a professor of infectious diseases at Northwestern University Feinberg School of Medicine. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, good morning. So we heard about the Delta variant. Now there's Delta Plus. Is this worse? Did you know about the Plus? Yes, it's it's worse. You know, these uh, Delta, Alpha, Beta, Gamma uh, variants uh, are really a cluster of mutations in the virus. And Delta Plus is just one additional mutation. It's called K417N. That's oh, a, a the name. official name of it. Oh. That makes Delta even worse than the original Delta. More transmissible, more lung disease. Uh, it's really unfortunate. There's 80 cases, uh, 83 cases actually diagnosed already in the United States. This variant also, the vaccine's effective against it, though? It should. It should. There you go. There he is, the connoisseur of Soviet artwork, Dr. Robert Murphy. I will never, ever forget that, and you shouldn't either, because now he's doing it in a room with a white wall behind him. As we expose the hammer and sickle that's on his normal artwork, as this Marxist fraud is really touting the success of their created virus, as it will be used in the very near future to do exactly what it did in 2020, and that is forever change the trajectory of America. It's despicable. In the name of science, you will be sent into servitude, guaranteed, whether it's the eco-Nazism or this so-called we-must-control-you-for-your-own-good that the Soviet Union only wishes it would have thought of. 312-642-642. 5,600. Dr. Fauci, give us vaccines. Help all the people who have been quarantined. We'll wear our masks and we'll have to stay distant. We'll wash our hands and we'll be more resistant. Oh, God. Fauci, yes? Promise us, please. We'll have a cure that can fight off this disease. Restrictions will lift with some ease. Dr. Fauci, don't forget me. 99.2 survival rate. 99.2. Now we go to the land of the Mercedes Marxist, Steve and Glencoe. Yeah, hi, Sean. Thanks for taking my call. I, I have a couple questions and a comment. All right. So is 600,000 dead Americans not enough for you? Uh, what were the, what, question number one. Okay, can I, I'll answer now. Okay. 600,000 that we don't know the conditions they had prior to the, the virus. We don't know what they had. Sure. I don't know if they look like sure. Pritzker. I don't know if they look like Pritzker's wife. I don't know if they look like Preckwinkle. I don't know if they look like Macbeth. I don't know who they look like. But I got to believe those numbers. But I do know when I was in Florida, they tagged a motorcycle accident as a COVID death. That I know. So I'm a little suspicious of your numbers. 
Well, well, my comment to you is that's preposterous, and fat people deserve to live as much as skinny people. That's my fine, but you, you, I don't know how you're going to die. You don't know how I'm going to die. I could have cancer right now. I die in five years. Should I be able to take away your freedoms, your money for it, or your opportunity? I had COVID. Did you have COVID, Steve? No. I never missed I a day of work, changed the tire, smoked three cigars a day, and worked out. I had it. Never missed a day on the show. Hurry up. I don't want you to get lost. Go ahead. You must be out of Glencoe. What, what else you got? For medical science. Go ahead. Okay. What, what else you got? My, my second point, that little ditty you did on Fauci. Yeah. Well, Fauci is the 13th highest ranked scientific scholar in the world. How did he do on AIDS? How did he do on AIDS? Are you kidding me? Yeah. How did he do? How did he do on AIDS? That's what made him world famous. World infamous. But go ahead. Sean, Sean, Steve, you could sell me. You could sell me your BS. He's a doctor that never practiced, that worked in the government since 1968. He doesn't have the right to take any business or any money or any freedom away from anybody. Yet here he is, and here you are supporting it. You want to step and fetch? You go right ahead, brother. But you and Fauci and all the rest of you Marxist scumbags do not have the right to take away anybody else's business or their opinion. I think you're full of garbage. Now go drive your Mercedes. He's outside of Glencoe and pretend to get somewhere. You know, it's worth pointing out, Steve uh, said that little ditty we did about Fauci. Yeah, it wasn't that me. isn't something we made. If I was that, that was from a Fauci song contest. Oh. That kid was all in. That was serious? Oh, yes. Oh, how do you play? Oh, yes. He's all in. He, there's, there's applause at the end of it. The whole room was right. very proud of him. All right, good. Now get uh, off my yes. show. You're all good. right, Bill on the south side. Hi, Bill. Uh, you know, I, I had to go back to this Dr. Robert Murphy. I never listened to WGN. They've gone far left. They're weirdos. They're little namby pamby. Soviet They're, artwork. Yeah, it's just a stupid WGN radio living on their past. Anyway, uh, Murphy was one day, and some woke woman from Glen, not Glenview, uh, where the other weirdo lives, I think she was from Western Springs that elected Newman. To Congress, just a goofball. Yeah. And she came up and she said, oh, doctor, I'm very concerned. You know, my friend won't get the virus and, and we're good friends. But, you know, I, I need to have the uh, excuse me, won't get the shot because uh, we have the shot, but she won't get the shot. And I'm very concerned about it. Do you think we should just disband our friendship? I think the answer doctor, is yes, Bill. I would yes, say Dr. Murphy said yes, disband that friendship. Well, there you go. There you, you can't beat that medical advice. And the other thing, Bill, nobody wants to talk about, including Steve and the Mercedes driving around lost outside of Glencoe, is that Fauci okayed the money by the American people to fund the the real development of COVID-19. He developed it. He paid for it. It's engineered. He's got the emails that prove the fraud and the collusion and the scandal. But Stephen Glencoe is a loyal Marxist. He will step and fetch. And then he will espouse the righteousness of government, even in the face of their ignorance and obvious corruption and collusion, as we paid a Chinese lab to develop it. Sorry, that's just the fact. Solomon, Buffalo Grove. Hi, Solomon. Hello. How are you? Did I throw you Hi, off? It's a uh, pleasure to speak to you. Um, I, uh, um, there seems to be a bit of a conflation uh, on the left with those, like, uh, that those Marxists make between, uh, you know, between the between climate pollution that we... Uh, Uh, Solomon, I would love to take the call, brother, but we have a terrible, terrible connection. I'm sorry about that. Please call back. We will effort to get you on a better line. I'm interested to know what you had to say. But the reality is I'm not interested to know what these Marxists who have abused power they never had. I am not interested to know what they want to say. And and to have a judgment call, oh, Fauci didn't screw up AIDS. Well, if you ask that at the time, those people who actually had AIDS, those people in the gay community that were fighting for help and any kind of answer, to them, he screwed it up. Maybe not to Steve and Glencoe, but he did to them, and the evidence is very clear. In the meantime, he hid in a bureaucracy where we now know they collude with different labs around the world to experiment and weaponize weaponize viruses and now they've got all the answers and in the meantime do you get to know what is in the vaccine their answer to it do you get to sue should the vaccine they give you have ill effects no so you're going to be a loyal rat in a cage 
That's how the Soviets treated their people. You think it's how America should? 312-642-5600. Let's all go to the live. Let's go to the movie. It's time for Friday Features with Sean. And now, on with the show. All right, I got open lines. 312-642-5600. But I did see some excellent movies. Oslo on HBO Max. I'm telling you something. If you haven't seen it, it's absolutely fantastic. It's a true story. And it'll give you some sense of just how really diabolical so much of the information we receive on foreign policy is. It truly is meant to control our opinion and to really prevent us from trying to seek different um, options and a different perspective on so many of the Middle Eastern conflicts. I think it's really worth looking. I know it's named Oslo, but give it a shot. It's fantastic. Then for the show, stumbled upon it, and it's incredible. It is an Australian version of Ray Donovan, and it's called Mr. In-Between. He is the ugliest TV star ever on TV. It, but I'm going to tell you something. You cannot look away. I find it to be fantastic. Mr. In-Between. Now, documentaries. The Evolution of Evil. Take a look at the collectivists and the Marxists. Take a look on exactly what they've been selling people since the concept of this kind of self-induced slavery Karl Marx came up came up with. And see how it's been implemented over the centuries. And you will be startled, startled to see the similarities of exactly what we're going through. And it speaks of virtually every one of these topics we speak of. This isn't the first merry-go-round for, for this idea of, of, of really climate change. It was a Nazi idea. The whole idea of controlling everything from certain diseases to certain uh, capitalists. Do you know one thing about the evolution of evil? It touches, touches about the Nazis. Do you know what the accusation, how they really ramped up anger towards the Jewish people? Do you know what it was in the beginning? They accused them of being capitalists. Did you know that? They said that the Jewish people were too capitalistic to ever make good citizens in Germany. And then they had Kristallnacht. The similarities are, are eerie. It is unbelievable. We are fighting an evil. It sells itself as a philosophy of, of hope, a philosophy of utopia. It is a philosophy of control. It is a philosophy of destruction of your liberty and your freedom. Beware of it. So I highly, highly recommend Evolution of Evil. And there was a caller last week. His name escapes me, so I, 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 I apologize. But he recommended that I watch the Saul Alinsky documentary, A uh, Wolf in Sheep's Clothing. It was done by the Catholic Network. A friend of mine had told me about it, but I, I didn't pay attention. He, I, I watched it this week. Do yourself a favor. It's on YouTube. Watch that as well. I think that it will be quite eye-opening. Now, we cut him off when he had his point, but I want to give him his movie pick. Solomon, Buffalo Grove. Hi, Sean. Hey. Um, so my, um, my movie pick is this uh, is an Italian film called uh, La, Vida, uh, La Vida è Bella, which uh, means life is beautiful. That's, uh, that's what it's called in, uh, in English. So I, uh, it's a film uh, about the Holocaust, which I found was... Beautifully, beautifully made. It's, you know, they, uh, the way that I see these creative, um, these, uh, these creative works is, you know, I gauge them by like their, their ability to play, uh, to, uh, you know, to, uh, not play on, not manipulate, but like to influence the, uh, the emotions. They, I agree with you, Solomon. I, I'll tell you what, I did yeah. see the movie. It is absolutely mm -hmm. fantastic. I saw it years ago, but it is worth rewatching. I want to thank you so much, number one, for the movie pick, number two, for listening. Thanks for calling back, Solomon. I look forward to talking to you in the future. Thank you. June in Parts Unknown. Hi, June. Hi, June. Hello. Is that me? Oh, hi. Um, I just wanted to say I'm a first-time listener. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Sean. And uh, I recommend the Clarence Thomas movie. Oh, the Clarence Thomas movie. I, I, the documentary. I saw it on... I saw it was released. I think it's a new one, right? It was released last week. Yeah. Uh, well, I didn't know there was a new one, but I... Oh, all right. I just... I love the documentary right, about great. his And then what about life. a movie? You got a movie? 
create, um, yes, well, my movies are just movies. Sea Biscuits, Manchester by the Sea. Uh, that's, that's what the and, segment is. So, see, you, you got to go slow. I'm, I'm, I'm old. I'm trying to listen. Sea Biscuit, Manchester by the Sea, which, by the way, both very good. I already saw them. June, thank you for listening. Thank you for the call. And I really mean it. Thank you for making the call. I appreciate it very much. Greg in Michigan. Greg, how are you? How do you know I'm in? How do you know I'm in Michigan? It says Michigan on the screen. I'm not uh, clairvoyant. Oh yeah, I'm okay. I'm up Cleo. in the UP. Are you really? I'm in U. I'm in Listen. the UP. I'm loving it, and uh, I moved out of Illinois about a month ago. Oh, good and- for you. I worked anyway. with a broker. I, I used to work at the Merck, one of my favorite brokers, and I used to coin flip him back then in the day. We would coin flip for money. I don't know if you remember that. Anyway, he retired because he was a smart son of a gun. Little guy. Smart. He retired and moved to the UP. But if you see a guy by the name of Charlie Riley, you tell him he owes me money. All right? You promise? Oh, yeah. He's right, probably good. down the road from me. Yeah, he's probably <laughs> is. You'll probably see him at the tavern. He's Irish. He can't help it. Go ahead. What was the... Uh, yeah. Nice try, Sean. What was, what was the uh, show? <laughs> Well, it's a it's a series. I forgot if it's Netflix or Amazon Prime, but it's called Hell on Wheels. All right, and it's 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 about the uh, the building of the railroad. Oh yeah, I saw it. And very oh, okay. very good series. Very good. I appreciate. Yeah, wasn't it? You got a movie pick? <sighs> Look at Greg. Not you're really. up in the UP. You know what happens since you moved up there? You stop paying attention. Now you're slow, like all the rest of them. <laughs> you can't even come up with a movie when I ask you. Thank you, Greg, for listening. You keep listening. You keep calling. Come on, man. Come on, Mark and El- <laughs> Mark and Glenn Ellen. Hey, Sean. Um, I hope I'm not disqualified. I only have a um, documentary for you. All right, go ahead. But I need the documentaries. I like them. This is actually a TED Talk, and it's called. How Movies Teach Manhood by Colin Stokes. Uh-huh. It's only uh, 13 minutes long, but I'm telling you, Sean, it changed how I look at movies and how I raise my daughter Do you um, and the movies that we let her watch. So I kind of felt that, you're going to laugh at me. I felt that way as a kid. I was so blessed to be born when I was born. And movies had a very clear message. You did the right thing. You told the truth, and you stuck up for people who couldn't stick up for themselves. And you didn't take any nonsense. And I remember watching all of the John Wayne movies, all of even the TV shows back then were so on point. And, and, you know, there was always a good guy. And the good guy didn't always end up with all the money, but he always ended up doing the right thing. And that was payment enough. So, I, you know what? I think it influenced me. I appreciate that. You see what I did there? I tied myself to good movies. You didn't think I could do it, did you, Mark? Uh, you know, I knew you could, Sean. Right. I have faith in you to Thank bring you. yourself back into the conversation. <laughs> Thank you very much. It's a gift. Uh, my wife thinks it's a curse, but that's all right. Joe, Naperville. Hey, how are you doing? Very hey. good. How are you? My recommendation movie is called Green Inferno. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's a story of a bunch of social justice warriors who end up in the Amazon. I have never I heard of it. Watch. Oh, watch it. It's funny as hell. All right. um, not really funny, but um, it's a... Uh, it's a, a quite an interesting uh, ending. I'm so, gonna watch it today. I'll watch that one. Thank you very Green much. Inferno. You got a You're documentary? Uh, no, I don't actually. All right, next but, week, uh, Joe. Next week, I'm expecting a documentary. We have I'm, a deal. I'm working. Uh, yes, sir. I will. Right. Thank you. For, okay. Thank, thank you. you. Bye. I appreciate it. Kent in Aurora. Yeah, a movie for our time is is unbreakable. It's my favorite M Night movie. And a lot of people don't realize how much it's a movie about a, a father and son and a man uh, learning about his masculinity and how he can use strength for good. I was and, thinking, oh, so this is not the one about the World War II prisoner of war. Isn't that unbreakable, too? No? Okay. I got my movie. No, it's, uh, it's the M. Night movie. And I think it was about 70% on, uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, but I think it's far better than that. M. Night culture won't like it. Yes. M. Night, I can't say the last Yeah, M. Night Shyamalan. Yes, I know exactly who it is. It was, I saw it years and years ago, but you know what? I think I'm going to rewatch it because I can't remember the ending unless I think it's the one where I don't want to ruin the ending. But thank you very much. I appreciate it. Patrick in Schomburg. Hey, listen, uh, this is an old one. It's a movie. I don't have a documentary. All right. Ace in the Hole with Kirk Douglas. Oh, I'm a Kirk a, Douglas guy. I love that it, son of a gun. It, it, it's about a newspaper journalist who takes advantage of a guy stuck in a coal mine. It's incredible. I saw it. 
I saw it. He writes the article. I that is a fantastic movie. And, and I, I think it's I think it's a Billy Wilder movie. I could be wrong about that. Patrick, but black and white, fantastic movie. He's a scoundrel in it. He can't live with himself. It's absolutely fantastic. I love it. Thank you, Patrick. It was very good. And I want to on Patrick's Kurt Douglas. I always think of you know Michael Douglas is a hell of an actor. Do yourself a favor and watch Wall Street Two: Money Never Sleeps. It was done after the collapse in 08. And listen to what Gordon Gacko is saying as he's trying to sell his book. And see how it applies today only on steroids. I promise I'll get to everybody who called. Uh, I got one line open, 312-642-5600. I do have to take a fast break. Good song. Macbeth could pull it off when he has to. And he's not impersonating Sergey to DJ. Um, now we don't have a lot of time, and I got a full board. So I'm going to go a little bit faster than normal, but I want to get you all in. Dave Wheaton. I was the one that recommended uh, Solinsky movie, Wolf Dave, Clothing. I want to thank you. Absolutely fantastic. It was compelling, wasn't it? It I, was. I was just like, oh, gosh. I couldn't believe you know, Of course, we are the, the communist capital. It's no wonder some of them make it out with their trust funds and move the great neighborhoods along the lakeshore. Just disgusting. But go ahead, brother. What do you got? I mean, another um, good one. You're, it's going to be one, hard to one, beat. I was going to say, uh, one little thought I had this week uh, with, I had, with a nod to uh, Red Fox, I'd like to stick Lightfoot's face and go and make Godzilla. But All right, come on. That's I just, cleaned it up a little bit. You I cleaned it up. Just give went. me the movie there, Dave. You're going to end on a high note. There's a lion in winter. All right. Peter O'Toole. Good, good, good actor. Right. I had to cut you off. We got to go to Pat. I got no time. Don't be mad, Dave. Pat Schomburg. Hey, Sean, it's Catherine Schomburg, and I recommend Turn Washington Spies. It's T-U-R-N. It's a story about the spies. Washington Second Spies. Second Revolutionary War. Love it. Love yeah, it down. Turn. Turn. Oh, it's Turn. Did you, watch, did turn. you ever see it? It's I saw the advertisement. I saw the ad, and I wanted to watch it, but awesome. I didn't. Pat. Oh, real, real, real quickly, I wanted to ask you about Dr. Joseph Warren. You had the guy on last week that wrote the book. Yes. And you said something about um, that, oh, they should make some kind of series or something about Dr. Joseph Warren. I there have, is a series of many Sons have, of it? Liberty. Oh, yes, I heard about Sons of Liberty. But you know, I'm going to tell you something. They can't pay that guy enough respect. He's the reason we're free to a very large extent. I mean, they all are, but he was a key, key figure. Pat, thank you so much, and I appreciate it. Pat, or I'm sorry, Marie in Kenosha. Hi, Sean. Hi, been, uh, How have I been listening to you? Been listening to you since you were calling in the dance show, and even uh, at this time in the evening. Stop it! You're back. letting everyone know how old we both are. Come on, hurry up! What do we I got? I know. What do we got? How dedicated we are. Okay, we've got a 15-year-old movie um, already. It's called Bella. Marie, don't be mad at me. I got Tom and Cherville and Patton, and we could go. Tom and Cherville. Yeah, Sean, uh, documentary, Runaway Slave, nine years ago with the Reverend C.L. Bryan. Okay, give me one more. And, and uh, movie, 1966, Curse of the Swamp Creature, the evil scientist in that movie will remind you of Fauci. Tom, I love you, thank you, and all of you, thank you so much, Pam. Last one, hurry up. Oh, uh, yeah, I love the movie Spirit of the Cameron. Spirit of the Cimarron. All right, I love it. Thank you, Pam. Listen, everybody have a good weekend. Stay clear of the Marxists. Don't worry about the virus. If you catch stupidity, you can never get clean. We'll be back Monday.